Hey there. Thanks for checking out this episode of H&M Live. Your support is always greatly appreciated as I'm always striving to provide content that enlightens, entertains, and educates. Look, I've just enabled supporter functionality on the podcast, so click the link in the show description and any support that you provide will be greatly appreciated. Be well. Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Perspectives and Focus. I am your host, James Hicks. We got a great show going for you here today, July 2nd. I've got my man, Mr. Steve <laughs> Worthy, sitting behind the, behind the scenes. We are going to talk to him about what he's been doing uh, from a content creation perspective, from a leadership coach perspective. You know, he's focused on the retail industry and I, I, he's got a tagline that I really love. It's called, it says, retail impacts everyone every day all around the world. I love that. And I want to dive into that and get to understand again, how he's maintained his organization, maintained his entrepreneurship, built his journey and, and how, if, by anything, the last 15 months or so that the world has essentially stopped, mm-hmm. how he's been able to pivot and continue to be successful. So I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to go ahead and get into it and bring this man on the screen. Mr. Steve Worthy, <laughs> how you doing, brother? Man, I'm doing extremely, extremely well. This has been um, long overdue for both of us to connect. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic, man. I'm ecstatic to be here. Thank you, man. Thank you. I see some folks chiming in. So thank you for joining us. Feel free to interject and ask any questions of Mr. Worthy as well. I, I'm, I'm going to try to pick his brain for as long as he lets me. Uh, <laughs> so let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let me, so talk yeah. to me about who is Steve Worthy and what is uh, Worthy Retail You? Talk to us a little bit about who that is and what and what that means. Yeah, it's a great question, man. I, and I'm glad you you put it that way around who is Steve Worthy, because I think a lot of us sometimes when we start to create something, we we don't take ourselves into consideration because whatever it is that we create has to be part of who we are. And I think the tendency for me with Worthy Retail You 
how it initially started was something that was kind of a little bit outside myself. Um, so Worthy Retail U is, is an organization and our platform is around helping retail leaders enhance their culture, um, empower their, empower themselves, but more importantly, also grow their career. Um, in my entire probably 25 years of leadership, about 20 of it has been in the retail industry as a, as a retail executive. And so I found, found my niche um, prior to Worthy Retail U. We had started a company uh, called Worthy uh, Leadership Group. Now, the premise of Worthy Leadership Group, uh, the content, the strategy, and how we handle our coaching clients was exactly what I needed it to be. However, my audience was incorrect and my target was incorrect. And so when I finally got my target right, I tell you what, James, the clarity that I was able to have of how I could connect with people and use my experience to use my influence, but more importantly, get people from where they are to where they need to be was something that um, just kind of took, took over. I honestly believe that when, once I got that clarity of where I needed to focus, it was, it was just game on for me. Now I'm, I'm just excited okay. to kind of move forward. So talk to us a little bit about that. Cause that's interesting. I mean, it, it's almost, I, I would say superficial at, to the point of where it's almost just a name change, but you actually had kind of a pivot from a mindset as well in terms of what your direction was. Let, let's, let's dive into that a little bit because again, a lot of the audience that's watching this is going to be entrepreneurs. Again, also content creators. I, I see folks in, in the co- in the comments as well. Shouts out. We see Alicia way. We see you Laura Williams, but we live. Yeah, you know, but but talk to us a little bit about, again, why something as, I'm going to say minimal, and and, and correct me if I'm wrong, again, I'm going to throw out these these Doubting Thomas types of questions, but something like like just changing the name made you actually find where you should be in in this broad marketplace. Great question. Great question. You know, so one of the things that I I always tell leaders and I talk to them all the time about is that you have to change before it's time. And a lot of times we don't do that. We, we, we plateau and we feel that we're actually really there and we're good. Um, we've got there based on our talents and where we are and we think our talents are going to keep us there. And so honestly, I was taking my own advice of how do you change before it's necessary? And that takes a lot of introspection and that takes some time and that takes giving yourself some space. And if you're a perfectionist, a lot of times it means that, Hey, I got this wrong or I got this kind of half right. Now I want to get it completely right. And so the con, the idea around what we did, I'll, I'll give you this, I'll use this story. And this is exactly how it, how it transpired. My podcast. So we had worthy, worthy leadership group. And then the podcast was named the worthy podcast. And it was about executive coaching for, 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 for diverse leaders. And I felt the content for my podcast was good, but the audience once again was incorrect. So what I did, mm. once again, I took, some of, I took some of my own advice. I actually got a podcast coach, and he walked me through each one of my episodes. And we started to drill down, and we're like, man, the content is good, but we feel like you're missing a mark on something. And so we started walking through my history, started walking through my experience. And the funny part, James, was that someone said to me, hey, Steve, you should start a podcast on retail leadership. And I said, ah, I'll do that down the line after The Worthy Podcast gets bigger it kind of blows up. And uh, my podcast coach said, hold it for a second. Hold it for a second. What, what, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. And I started going on and on. He said, I'm going to give you a challenge. I want you to come up with 13 episodes 
for, for retail leadership. I want you to come up with 13 episodes and I'm, and I'll, we're going to connect next week. James, I came up with 40. <laughs> I, I came up with 40, like mutually exclusive, really um, content rich topics for retail leadership. And the heavens opened and I, I, I looked at my website, I looked at my clientele and 80% of the people that I was coaching were actually retail executives. Wow. And it was just, for me, it was like, it was like a moment of like, duh, what, why were you trying to chase all of these other things when your niche was right here? So if there's anything that I could tell people, niching down sometimes is hard because a lot of times you have to, you have to tell yourself that you were wrong or that you didn't get it right. And a lot of times we don't want to do that. We want to just trudge on down this path. And we have to realize sometimes we have to kind of take that step back and sometimes that's hard. That's incredibly valuable. And I love the fact that you found clarity. You, you, you were in the process. You found clarity in your mission and you weren't stubborn, right? You got out of your own way and you were able to say, you know what? I, I know this field. I know this industry. Let me go ahead and go down this path. I'm already successful. Talk to me about why, why did, did you go to school for, for retail leadership, retail management, or is this just something that you've been interested in? Oh. So um, no, what we say in retail, no one, it's almost like they say about Taco Bell. No one goes to Taco Bell, you end up in Taco Bell. It's the same thing in retail. Um, you don't go to school for retail. You kind of end up in retail, and that's exactly what happened. So right, after, right out of the Air Force, um, I actually did um, uh, four years and finished my undergrad in accounting. Okay. And back then, because I'm a little old guy, and uh, back then it was the big six. And you could make. 56k like right out of college back in new york city you know without getting your cpa and i was like okay let's do it yeah. i'm gonna do it i lasted six months i hated it wow. i couldn't stand it i was in this cubicle looking at my trial balance balance it was just like i, I don't want to i don't want to do this um so i ended up taking a trip to charlotte north carolina and i ended up coming across this company called caribou coffee and connected mm -hmm. with their um manager the district manager and also their um, uh, their regional manager. He offered me an opportunity be, to become a district manager. I had no understanding about the specialty retail industry. I didn't like coffee. Um, I just liked the culture of the company. Yeah, I just liked the culture of the company. And but once I got into retail, like I say in some of my episodes, once I got into it, I just I just loved it. It fits my personality. I probably have the, the, the attention span of a five-year-old and it fits my thought process quick, um, thinking on your feet, having to, having to adjust quickly, having to get people on board very quickly, galvanize them around a central ideal idea and execute. Mm -hmm. It just completely fit my mentality. And so I kind of fell into retail. And then after that had other multiple units, um, regional, um, regional roles with different bigger, bigger retail companies as well. Interesting. So let me let me ask you this, because I, I want to kind of tail in off, off of those statements right there. And, and, and I'll go into the one about what you've done again over the past 15 months in a second. But yeah, the pillars of what I see you doing from the coaching perspective. And I did I, I, I swiped this off your website, community growth, authenticity and leadership. You just oh. talked around those. And mm -hmm. I, let, let, let's dive deeper into again, because I think that sums up in those four statements right there, what it is that you do and the messages that you're trying to portray or that you are pushing to your clientele and, and the leaders that you're talking to. So let's talk yeah. a little bit about what those mean to worthy retail you. Yeah, there is well, a statement. I'm, I'm setting you up there, brother. Look, huh? we have, we, we have a good conversation. 
Oh, this is good <laughs> stuff, man. Listen to me. Um, I mean, you and I were just talking a little bit about um, your your clothing line and how much I, I love your your shirt, um, uh, uh, Chief Everything Officer. So we have a statement, and it's probably not original. It's probably not new, but we love it. And it says authenticity has no competition. We just, I firmly believe that. And we strive to work with people so that they can become their authentic self. And I know people say that a lot. The other thing that we say a lot is that the more you know yourself, the more you can say no. Because the tendency is that we want to do everything. But if you know yourself, if you truly galvanized around a central idea and value system of who you are, then all these things that kind of come across your plate, they may, while they may be good, they're not the best thing for you. And I think from a coaching standpoint and what we talk about from a community, if you will, is that we try to make sure people have a really good value system understanding of who they are. So when those things that those, that shiny object syndrome that we talk a lot about comes across their plate, they are not, they're not falling victim to it. They can actually you know, stay pat and actually go forward. And that's the one reason why I actually love about the, the, the retail industry, because some of the most successful leaders, while the velocity of the, of the, of the industry um, changes hourly, if you will, if you have a strong value system and structure around the decisions that you make, gosh, because you, what do they say? They said the average individual makes around 35,000 decisions per day. Mm. In the retail industry, you could probably double that. Because it's not just it's just not your ordinary circumstances. So having a really strong value system, it actually dictates everything that kind of comes forward out of your mouth. How do you lead? How do you communicate? Your approachability, your ability to create community, your ability to be authentic. Um, those are some of the lost arts. Having compassion. We don't talk a lot about compassion from a yeah. leadership standpoint, but I firmly believe that if you if you if you know yourself, you could be compassionate for yourself, but other leaders. And that's when you you're able to lead quickly. And, and effectively with people. Now, your your sessions, are they geared exclusively to those in leadership roles, or do you talk to the frontline workers as well uh, for, about teamwork, uh, participation, and, and, you know, things like that? Or, or you just focus yeah. on the, the, the C-level types of folks? No, we do both. We, we do both. We do both. We do the frontliners as well, more in a group, more in a group session as well. Um, and then we do the individual coaching sessions. But our approach, what we, what we focus in on is what we call our gym approach, which is grow, empower, um, and multiply. And in that, in that idea is that we have to, people, people will go through a certain level within leadership and they feel that they may have arrived. And we, we completely debunk that idea as we help people go through this process that they, from a growth standpoint, you have to be, you have to be planted first. You actually have to understand your, your structure, your value system and what you need to feed yourself from a book standpoint, from a, from a, from a peer standpoint, all these different things. And then from an empowerment standpoint, now you can empower yourself to actually lead at a higher level, empower people around you. Because a lot of times in leadership, people will hold on to things. No, you need to empower people with your knowledge and your wisdom to help them grow. Because guess what? Now, they're going to be a representation of you. The multiplication standpoint is the same thing. Now you're at another level. Now you need to multiply your leadership. But here's the thing, James, is that at every level, you have to go through that same process. It doesn't matter if you're a CEO, you still have to go through the growth, empower, and multiply phase. The same thing. And a lot of people will just say, I'm just going to stop here. No, it's, it's iterative. And so we try to help them understand that just because you got to a certain level, you can't stay that way. That message resonates with everyone. And I think it resonates. So this, this is going to be my personal opinion. I think that resonates with people when you have the opportunity to 
literally lay hands on folks, right? Walk around the conference room, right? What I call it, what I do every single day when I'm in front of a room doing the jazz hands, but right when you actually have the ability to engage and interact with folks. Yeah. The world stopped for 15 months. Oh, oh. Talk to us a little bit about how that may have affected you, especially retail. Because you, you, you need traffic. You need physical bodies yeah. going into locations. How yes. has that affected you, your business, your engagement, and your interaction with some of these leaders? And have you been yeah. able to pivot right to, to still be successful? That idea about approachability um, comes even to more into play. Um, I feel like approachability is one of those lost arts a lot of times in leadership. And I try to emphasize that, especially over those the, the, the last 15 months or so. The other side of that approachability is not just your is your is your is your nonverbals and your body language, but your, it's your ability to listen. It's your empathetic listening. How are you listening to people? Are you truly getting to the gist of their fears and what may be going on in their life? Because a lot of times we, we're so we're so focused on the bottom line, but we real we have to realize that the individuals that work at our business unit um, or our, our multi-unit leaders or even our regional leaders and, and senior vice presidents, they actually have a myriad of people underneath them that they still have to engage. And then when you think about it from a Zoom standpoint, right? Everybody's everybody's zoomed out. But how do you how how do you be approachable on camera? Yeah. How do you be approachable in Zoom meetings? How do you how do you empathetically listen via, via Zoom? And so we've been trying to help leaders really try to have a little bit more one on one conversations um, with people, even even in the even in the um, live retail settings. How can they still connect with people? Because that's something that was um, it was lost. And a lot of leaders. Here's the thing with retail. But a lot of people don't think about they don't realize this. The retail leaders and the retail industries are very close knit very close in the community mm. because the, a lot of retail leaders feel that they don't get enough respect um, when it comes to leadership because of the, because of the industry retail, they feel, well, it's just a, a dollar, dollar general store. It's just um, a mom and pop store. And we're just exchanging goods, money for goods. It's not about that at all. It's truly about relationships. And so when you take the pandemic into consideration, yeah. Those relationships are cut off with not just their peers, but also with their customers. And so how do you kind of get through that? And now since we're opening up, man, I have seen the growth of so many leaders now because they have been able to kind of um, they've been able to grow introspectively and learn a little bit more about themselves because I don't have that engagement level with like I normally would. So now when I'm actually able to have that engagement level, I'm going to approach you a lot differently. And so we've been trying to help them understand how to go through that process as well. You mentioned something that, that kind of struck me. Now I want to make sure that I see it before I forget. I'm, I'm getting old. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I'm a little bit older than you are. <laughs> I, I didn't already hit, hit the half century, man. Um, I have to. I, okay. I know I look like I'm 35, but um, I, I saved today just for for you in this this session. <laughs> the the perception. I think I think you alluded to this perception of people, and I don't know who those people are of maybe demeaning retail. Mm. Is that coming from consumers, or is that coming from folks within the industry? Because I I, th- I think we as the consumers may take it for granted. Right. Yeah. But yet and still every single day, look, I'm in Target, I'm in Walmart, I'm in Safeway, whatever the case may be. And taking that 
ability to go out and buy goods and services at a location yeah. really should be taken for granted. And I think we need to be cognizant of, of that. Right. So instead of just assuming that every time you get in your car and you, you run down the street, Rite Aid or CVS is going to be open, you can pick up whatever you need to need to pick up. Talk to us a little bit about some of that mindset and how maybe the folks within the retail organization and industry can 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 help us as the everyday consumer be more respectful. Yeah, that's a good. Oh, that's a that's a great question. You know, I think there is a, um, and I'm going to send it to you, and I, I will send it to you after this. But there is a a comic, um, Seth Seiss, I think I would love to say that's his name, and he actually has an amazing little TikTok, and he has all these different customers that are coming into a retail environment. And he is like almost kind of going in the mindset of a retail leader. Yeah. One of the things he says, a customer will come in and say, well, I know this sale ended last week, but can I get the same price? And he'll say, and he said, he'll say, no, why, why do you think that you can get the same price? And it's almost like to your point earlier around, like we get things get taken for granted about how we operate our business but also we do want to please our our customers. We want to give you the best deals, but in certain, certain situations, we just can't. And I think what we can do from a, a retail standpoint is just help help those outside. And this is actually part of what we're going to be doing with Worthy Retail You is how do we help those individuals outside of retail understand what we do, understand our decision-making process, which is exactly why I say, the, uh, the the decisions of a retail leader impact everyone every day all around the world because they truly do. And it, and it happens hourly, it's not just daily mm-hmm. or weekly like people think. We're making decisions hourly based on product adjacency, based on a visit. If I come into if I come into your into your into your store, guess what? Now the 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 the, the entire day goes away. Your agenda, what you had goes away because now you got somebody coming in and visiting your visiting your store. The other side of it is that from a seasonal standpoint, how do we adjust that? So helping people understand what we go through, that our decisions truly do impact you. So if you come into a, you know an Apple store, James, and you can't buy what you want, guess what? A decision maybe about two or three weeks ago that could have probably brought that product into into the into the store was probably impacted by someone that, that actually made a poor decision or whatever it could be. So how do we help people understand the decisions that we make truly do impact you as a consumer when you come into, when you come into our stores? Let me, let me ask a couple of questions. Uh, I, I, I love to, I'm, I'm, I'm a throw Charles out here, brother, brother Jackson. I was wearing your hat earlier today, brother. I was on the stream. I, I didn't want to wear it twice, oh. but yeah, I was, I was rocking you brother. Um, Consumers as a responsibility, and I see, I see my dad is mm-hmm. online watching, and he's a, a prime example of doing this. And, and I want to ask you this. If we don't get quality service, if we don't get oh. the level of service that we yeah. expect, again, by going into a location, and we go then to seek out management, supervisor, or whatever the case may be, and, and express that concern. Yeah. Give us a little retail industry. Does that really go somewhere? Do, do folks really listen? Because I, I think it's valuable. And so I, I want to give a shout out to my dad since he's, he's listening and he's watching. Right. And he, he is he is he is on it about doing that. If it's if it's if it's good service, he'll go tell yes. someone. Yes. If it's bad service, he'll go and tell someone. Yes. But just again, having that feedback loop to the folks that are, again, on in the trenches, the front line that are, they're out there folding clothes and, and, and putting the lima beans on the shelf, whatever. Right. 
they need to hear that they are are valued from uh, the consumer's perspective. So, I mean, the, how how does that kind of since you talk to the leaders, right? How, how does yeah. that kind of trickle down to the folks that are in those uh, tactical oh, positions? It's uh, it's um, what is that? It, what is that? The one minute manager catch someone doing something right, right? Yeah. I, and I think that's that's exactly what we would ask for consumers. When when you do have that experience and it's great, you catch someone doing something right. Talk about it right there in a the moment, right? Surveys are great. We love the surveys because it gives us a you know different perspective. But I tell you what, if you can, if you were to talk to that person who just gave you great service right then and there, it goes it goes a long way. Not saying that your conversation with that person, supervisor or whatever, it doesn't trickle down to them. Um, and they don't get that messaging. But if you have that opportunity right then and there as a consumer, I'd ask that you just go ahead and do it right then and there. The other, the, to, to talk about your other question, it actually does uh, the information around whether it's, a, whether it's around an assortment issue or whether it's around great service or poor service, it actually does go places. However, what I'm trying to help leaders understand is, is how do you take that information and actually utilize it properly? Because a lot of times the 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 root cause, so you know, going through grad school, like critical thinking, is just something that's just uh, been embedded in me. Right. How do we go down to actually the root cause of something and not just the surface level of that statement? Is it a training gap? Right. Wow. I talk about it in two ways. It's uh, either they don't know or they don't do. Right. So if they don't know, listen to me. We could work with them all day long. That 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 leader, that trainee, or whatever it is, we can work them all day long. But if they know and they don't do. That's a that's a completely different conversation. So now, how do we actually go about taking that content or that 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 survey information and utilizing it as a teaching moment? Hey, hey, James, we just had this conversation like two or three times, and here is a comment that actually just validates exactly what we just said. You know exactly what you need to do, but you're not doing it. So how do we have a different conversation in that context? I, I love that because that resonates in in all industries, in a lot of industries, right? Mm-hmm. Again, po- positive feedback, positive uh, critical feedback, um, just being able to have that dialogue. And again, instead of letting it fester, but having it on the spot. So again, you, you can correct whatever types of actions or anything of that nature. So I, I'm, I'm glad we went down that path because I, I really yeah. wanted to have that conversation. I was literally, I was saving that retail type conversation for you. And I, I saw I got a shout out from my dad. So, uh, so I'm, I'm doing all right. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Let, let me ask you about this as well, because the things that you're talking about resonate, again, from the professional perspective. But what's kind of the biggest takeaway that you want attendees from those sessions that, that you have? There's the structured, either one-on-one, yeah. one-to-many types of sections. What's the biggest takeaway that you want them to, to have? Is it, again, focused on... No, let me let me not even read into it. Let me let me let you answer that. But again, from from the, from the perspective of again, when you close your laptop and when you walk out of yeah. the door, what is it that you want to leave with the people that were in the room? You know, I think a lot of times, um, some of the underpinning of what their thought process are is are is that I'm running out of time, Steve. To whether it's either to hit that next level from a growth standpoint, or a lot of times to actually impact my life and do something of significance. Those are some of the underpinnings of a lot of our conversations that we have with different leaders. And so what we try to do is uh, a lot of times is that they're not an active participant. We say this a lot too. You know, every leader is on a journey, but you have to be an active participant in that journey for you to be successful. And so how do you become an active participant? It's understanding who you are. It's understanding how do you show up for work? 
What are you going to, how, how do you show up for your team? How do you show up for your peers? How do you show up in a meeting? How do you show up for your boss? How do you show up um, in, in the context of um, when you've had a bad day at home personally and then when you go into work? Understanding all these, all these different nuances are part of your journey, but you actually have to be active in understanding how they truly impact your life. One of the things we talk a lot about, too, is imposter syndrome. And that idea that I'm not that I'm not good enough, Steve, maybe to go to the next level or I've been passed over. Well, I've been passed over as well. So we talk we try to have a conversation with about that context as well. But the, the biggest thing with the let's just talk about imposter syndrome because we deal with that a lot. And I actually utilize it as a catalyst and try to help them utilize that as a catalyst, because the only time I feel that you are having imposter syndrome in a, in a, in a, in a, in a classical sense of, of the word, which is you're, 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 you're not feeling um, satisfied with where you are. You don't think that you're worthy enough, pardon the pun, to actually go to the next level. Honestly, you are on the brink of something big. You have to think about it in that context. If you are feeling that maybe I'm not really good enough, you don't get imposter syndrome when you're not, when, when you're just operating where you currently are, when you're just operating at your current level. Wow. I firmly don't believe I firmly believe that when we are trying to do something big in your life, something completely different in your life that's going to take you out of your comfort zone. That's when you start to feel that I, you're not worthy enough that you feel like you don't have the capacity to do that. Take that with a grain of salt and understand that now you're in the brink of something big and utilize that as a callus to kind of move forward. So out of what I want them to take away is that they have to be an active participant. So our goal uh, in any of these conversations is to help them make decisions timely for themselves. Um, we, we benchmark their progress. We have a conversation with them um, when they've actually hit a different milestone. Uh, what's the next milestone? A lot of times, here's the thing about coaching too, James. I'm sorry we're going on a tangent. No is that a lot of times people in the coaching industry, they will say, well, coaches shouldn't have an agenda um, when they're coaching someone. And we're human beings. There is no possible way that we won't have some underpinning of an agenda when I'm coaching James Hicks on trying to go to the next level. The underpinning of that is how can I help you be successful? What do I need to do differently in myself that can actually help you get to the next level? So there is some underpinning of um, of an agenda because if you don't, you, you will stay the same and then James will stay the same. I want us both to try to grow out of this circumstance. And so Having an agenda sometimes as a, from a coaching standpoint is is a little bit of an underpinning, almost a misnomer, misnomer sometimes as well. Love that. I love that. that that's a, I mean, that's a great segue into I wanted to bring up your your website. Right. And, and, and talk a little bit about. Your focus and the things that you're, you're working on. Let, let me ask you this as well before we kind of dive into this. Are, are there specific retail verticals? that you focus on right as fast food uh, clothing, or is, is there anything specific that you focus on or do you kind of try to cover the gamut? No, we cover, we, we cover it all. You know, I think, I think initially, you know, we were looking at specialty retailers, but I've had, I've had um, retail um, restaurants. I've had specialty retail um, supermarkets, right? All, all individuals um, in our, in our coaching program doing different things. And so I think what we've, what we've really tried to, think about is not so much the vertical, but the, the mindset of mm. why they want to actually be here in this program. Why do they want to go to the next level and what does that look like and help them, help them define that for themselves. And then based on that. So 
our structure, our structure, excuse me, our structure is very simple. So in, in, in grad school, we talked a lot about um, gap analysis, right? So you talk about your current state, your future state, and then the gap in the middle. That's exactly what we talk about from a coaching standpoint is how do you actually understand your current state? Where do you want to go? And now I can help you with the things in the middle. And we, that's the that's the journey part of that process as well. Awesome. Now, I, I will ask, though, which vertical or industry is the most challenging? <sighs> I'm, I'm not I'm not asking you to throw anyone under the bus. And, you know, I picked the words very carefully, but I, I, w- I would be interested to know. Right. Is it is it the restaurants because it's so fast paced and um, you're dealing with, with you know, angry customers every now and then, or is it, is it, uh, is it the supermarkets where you're dealing with foods? I, I, I'd just be curious to know that you don't have to answer if you well, don't want to. So no, no. I, um, here's the one thing that, um, and I, I'm not sure a lot of people will, I don't know if this will upset anybody, but the people, the individuals in the supermarket are, are a little tougher. And here's why it's because a lot of them are dealing with unions. And if people, okay don't have that understanding about how unions actually mm-hmm. truly impact, impact the retail environment. I can talk to you all day long about that and how that impacts the, the, the managerial decision-making and, and, and how you actually, what you lead and how you say to people, what mm-hmm. you say to people. And so that vertical, if you will, is probably the most challenging because there's so there's other red tape um, and other um, conversational pieces that, especially retail, we don't have to deal with. We can actually just kind of talk and have a decent conversation. Um, big box as well. Big box, um, if you will, those are probably some of the easiest ones because they're, they're, they're really eager. Because here's the other things, because they they see the opportunity. Walmart, Target, right? All those guys and gals, I'm a for, former Target person. Um, they We see the, the ability to grow. And so they're a little bit more um, understanding and really want to get into the meat of, of um, what they need to do to grow. Okay. Okay. Former Target. I, was, I just spent a little money yesterday in Target, man. You guys are taking <laughs> a lot of my money. Well, now I won't say you guys because <laughs> you're not. Oh, <laughs> it was one of my best experiences, man. It was one of my best experiences. And um, I learned, I learned a lot about um, communication around also understanding your position. Um, and we talk a lot about that with our clients because they think that they actually have a certain position that they need to communicate in certain mm-hmm. certain way. And I always tell them that you should you need to communicate less and listen more, and understanding the power of your position. I'll give you a quick story. I was with my senior vice president at the time, and we were traveling uh, to a different market, and we went into one of the stores, and one of the stores were uh, it wasn't great, right? We actually went to two other stores. And the other two stores, he asked us to give feedback to the team, which was great. But this last store we went into, it wasn't great at all. And I actually walked the store with him by myself. And we were in the we were in the recap, if you will. And what he said, if it, it, the store was horrible, James. It was wow. bad. It was it was really bad. But what he said just taught me so much about communication. He could have easily come come down on them. Easily said, Hey, this, 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 this. And he said, you know what? Your, your, your brand's off today. That was it. But coming from a senior vice president saying that your brand is off is like the district manager giving you 10 different things to actually fix. He understood his position, understood how he needed to communicate to the team, and the team took it just as that and fixed everything. So, But that was a super-duper lesson for me to learn. We 
at, at a certain position, you have to communicate differently. Yeah, leaders uh, versus managers versus supervisors, but really, quote unquote, folks that lead don't have to go out there and do all of the yelling and stomping on the ground and and waving of hands. That, that's a that's a really telling uh, scenario right there. So that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Back to your website, uh, you've got some resources there. I literally just subscribed to your podcast. I was negligent, haven't subscribed to it yet, but I'm I'm a new (laughs) subscriber. I will definitely put links to uh, worthyretailu.com in the description of this and also to your your podcast as well. Uh, Let me ask you a couple more questions. Yeah. We talked about the past. We talked about present, so the here and the now. what's, what's, What's next, right, for Worthy Retail U? Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, we have a lot of things that we're trying to, I guess, uh, streamline first, right? Mm-hmm. So as you all know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to, to move into the live streaming space and, and now starting to get into the video content creation as well. So we're trying to make sure our messaging is correct with both of those platforms, both of that process um, as well. The podcast piece is something that I just truly love. Um, it, it is, it, it speaks to me. I did a little radio in, in, uh, in college and in, in New York and a buddy of mine, we actually had a, a blog talk radio show for about four or five years in Atlanta. And it was just, it was amazing experience. Actually, he's the one that told me to, to, to do a podcast. He said, Steve, you need to do a podcast. And I was like, I'm not trying to add that to my workload. I don't know if I was going to fit it to my, to my workflow. Right. And when I started that process to do it, I just I completely love the medium. Um, I think it impacts a lot of people. And I think the if your content is correct, right, we always talk about content is keen. But if your content is correct, it will start to resonate with people and people will listen. But it'll also kind of change their perspective. So for us, um, we're just kind of get, getting our messaging and our core uh, right. We're going to be doing a completely different launch with some of our um, group courses as well. And then we're going to start rolling out probably this fall some more individual courses. So whether it's going to be um, led by myself in um, uh, live or it's actually going to be pre-recorded. So we're in the process of actually getting those getting those uh, courses formulated as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, me being a technology guy, I have to yeah. ask this last question about technology. What in your studio, in your lab, in your toolbox, What what is the most critical or, or what's the go-to piece of technology that you're utilizing today? Oh man. Uh, well, you know, we're both part of that ECAM community yes, and, 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 and doc rock. Uh, I guess he, I don't know if he coined that phrase or not, but gas, right. It was the gear acquisition syndrome. And I got to tell you, dude, man, I, I, I had a whole bunch of gas and hopefully <laughs> people will understand this when I, when I they, they listen to the first part when they, before, before what I just said, I'm gonna cut and, that up and use that as the as the promo reel on Instagram. <laughs> Steve Worthy has a whole lot of gas. I'm just gonna. Cut I had right a whole there. lot of gas, yeah. man. When I first started in podcasting, it was around the mic. It was around the microphone and making sure that the mic was right. And if I had to say anything, it's probably I I do have as you can see here. I got that. That's my first mic, um, a Rode um, NT USB mm-hmm. mic, and then I did. Then I got a a Shure uh, MV7 uh, in, in my drawer. And then I have a, a Shure SM7B over here. And then I just I just purchased, because we're going to start doing some more webinars and everything, I purchased a, a, Sen- a Sennheiser uh, MKE 600 that I'm actually using right now. That's a good one. So if anything, other than um, 
ecam that I'm gonna that I've been delving into, it has to probably be kind of the mic and then the lighting, if you will. You you put you putting some uh, okay. You keeping the economy going there, brother. Not, 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 but you know, and and it's it's interesting that that you're 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 focusing first on the audio because we can do this video thing all day. But if the, if oh. I, if you don't sound right, if you don't have the audio, that's that's can be the the, the biggest drain in you getting your message across so i mean that that road that nts is that's not a bad mic didn't you say you stepped up to the mv7 then you went ahead and got got the big fella nothing, nothing wrong with having the big fella in there too so yeah and then i got the little i, I tell you when i say gas man i'm serious um the uh rollcaster pro right here and then uh doc and june got me got me all amped up about this uh dbx uh yep. 286s that actually bolted onto to, to this desk, and um, I'm going to be doing this the, the entire desk over. But I also liked one of your videos because I, I I think I got the recommendation for you. You just did the unboxing for the um, iLoud yes. um, um, uh, mini mini monitors. Correct. So based on I think it was convers- I can't remember the conversation you had. I think you even had someone on your show, and uh, and I said, okay, let me try those out. And I, I'm, it's, it's both of them are right here, and they're Good. amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. When I'm doing my podcast editing, like it's it's the sound quality is is outstanding, man. Small form factor, high, yeah. high quality. Yeah, shouts out to Derek Floyd and IK Multimedia. I'm actually looking at uh, standardizing on the on that gear, especially when we start getting back out in the streets, right? So. A lot of us are going to some conferences coming up. We've got events yeah. and we're, we're actually getting back out in the street. So I'm actually looking, I was talking with him earlier this afternoon about standardizing on his equipment so I could mm-hmm. spread the message to the community as well, right? Because it's it's very high quality. It's very reasonably priced, right? Not everyone can, can, can afford or not everyone wants to spend the X number of dollars on the road wireless. Great company. I love them. Yeah. I got them too. What? <laughs> There, there, there are alternatives which are also high quality. So I don't necessarily want to knock quality versus price, but again, I'd like to give people options in, in terms of what they have available to them as well. Yeah, so, so I think cool. I think it's it is. It, you have to start where you are, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I researched just tons even before I I launched to the podcasting um, space. Um, I just researched mics a lot. Uh, I initially wanted the the, the Shure SM7B, and I. I gave myself a goal, uh, a download um, podcast goal, um, and once I hit the, once I hit that goal, I was like, okay, now I can make that investment. I yeah. said, for, for now, I'm going to continue with my uh, my uh, my road into USB. So I hit that, and then and then of course they came out with the MV7. I said, ooh, I like that one. Had that too. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, I hit that. I hit a milestone from a from a download standpoint. I was like, I'm going to get it, and uh, I, I I I simply love. Um, that sure, sure SM7B. It's a, it's, it's amazing, especially when you run it through that DBX. Yes, uh, and uh, I connected with a, uh, a voiceover uh, um, coach and had him help me with just a couple of things that I was, that I was thinking about, whether it was from, you know, my podcast or uh, the live stream as well, just to kind of get a, a, a decent sound. Um, so we, we did a zoom call. He walked me through a whole bunch of things and I'm, I'm pretty satisfied with the, with the result. 
we may need to talk about that offline then, man, uh, because I've got mine going into my RCP, my Rodecaster Pro. We're, we're, we're deviating right now, but we'll, okay. we'll talk I'll about that as well. I want to stay on target, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you are staying, staying focused and staying active in delivering your message. You're, I'll say it, leveling up your environment so that you can deliver that message and it can sound very professional. It can look very professional and all of that because Folks are listening. Folks want to hear your message. And I can I can guarantee that folks are in, in your sessions are being attentive to to your delivery because you you're a good man. You got good things to say. And and again, we should not be taking this for granted because we take advantage of the services that you're coaching leaders and, and tactical folks about every single day. We're in those stores. When I get off of this off of the stream right now, I'm going to Panda Express to pick me up something to eat and they better give me some good service or I'm, I'm, I'm going to give them a couple of words. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so I'm my just saying, do my right? way. Do yeah. the manager my way. So, <laughs> I say you need to get some coaching. I bet, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm going to turn you over to worthy retail you if, if you don't, if we don't get it right. Steve, talk <laughs> to us, man. Tell it, tell us where folks can find you online again. I'm, I'm going to put that information in the description, but you know, from a closing remarks perspective, tell folks how they can get in contact with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can get, it's a one-stop shop. It's a worthy retail you.com slash now. That is uh, a page that will take you to um, resources and content and then all of our social media. Plus it will also take you to the podcast where you can go ahead one click and, and subscribe. And then we also have a weekly newsletter. Everything is on worthy retail you.com slash now. Love it. Appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Enjoy your your holiday. Try to stay cool because I know it's, it's it's a little warm over there on the East Coast. But uh, uh, I'm humbled that you took the time to have a conversation with oh, us today. I'm man, I am focus. humbled. I am humbled. I I was more than thrilled. I know we've been trying to connect as well, and um, this has been well worth the wait. And I appreciate you asking me to be on here. I really do. Thank you, sir. Be good. All right.